0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Atmosphere is Electric. You're joined by me, Rich, and as always, my good friend and studio guest, Fran. How are you today, buddy?
1: Yeah, really well, thank you. Had a couple of days off to relax from work, which was great, and all fine, and ready to go. How are you?
0: Yeah, living the dream, mate. We're talking about
1: football. What more can you? What
0: more can you want out of a day other than talking about football?
1: Not a lot. Not a lot at all.
0: <laughs> uh, now this week, obviously, slightly different. The Premier League. Uh, is no more. Uh, it's International Week. So uh, we have got some slightly different conversations to be having this week. And we're going to look at both the squad that, that has been picked and how we would pick an 11 from that, but also potentially looking at uh, an, a left field 11 for maybe players that haven't been selected. Because actually, uh, it's interesting when you do that to see the, the kind of areas of strength that England have, but also the areas of weakness that we have as we move forward. So uh, I think it's going to be quite an interesting conversation today.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of players in the squad that have been picked or haven't been picked that we can discuss and, you know, deep dive into. Um, and like I said, I think it's a couple of controversial picks as well. So we can get into that as well.
0: So let's start with, I mean, obviously, if I'm honest with you, it's caught me a little bit by surprise. I wasn't probably quite ready for the, the qualifiers, even though I know it's been everywhere in the news, but it, it feels... You know, it feels a little bit early, and it feels, uh, you know, we've only just recovered from the World Cup, and it feels like, wow, how do you, how, how, what bad luck do you have to have to start your your, your campaign against Italy away?
1: Yeah, it doesn't really feel that long ago that the World Cup finished, does it? So you're getting straight into a Euro qualifier, it does seem a bit strange, um, but it's a good opportunity for the squad to get together again so short after a World Cup. Um, and try and rectify, you know, going out to France. So, yeah, it's interesting. And and to be honest, would you sooner start against the is it North Macedonia we've got or in Italy? If we get a win over Italy, you don't want to say it after one game, but qualification is pretty much done, isn't it?
0: Yeah, 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 you'd have to say so. Yeah, completely, yeah. Uh, well, unless, unless you absolutely muck it up at somewhere that would probably get Gareth Southgate. So let's, let's start with Gareth Southgate because I think... Uh, as with all these things, the manager kind of everything trickles down from the manager. So, obviously, you know, for England, he's done pretty well in tournaments. Although there's there's people out there that, that aren't happy that we we haven't won one uh, of the previous sort of couple. Are you Southgate in or Southgate out? Do
1: you know what? I, th- I think it's really hard to judge Southgate. He's if you look at his, his achievements, he's been brilliant for England, hasn't he? My personal opinion is I think another manager with a bit more probably bravery and attacking intent. We'll do a better job than Southgate, but you can't knock what he's achieved, especially you know going years gone where England have been poor at tournaments going out there at the group stages. You can't knock what he's done, so I think it is a tough one to judge him. I do, however, feel that with a, I use the phrase better manager, with a manager with more attacking intent, I think he'd have got more out of these players because you could actually say this England squad is another golden generation with the attacking talent that we've got, and we whenever we come up a team against a team that's not better than us but similar to us in the in the standings in the rankings we always lose we always go out and that's my one criticism with southgate is we don't seem to be able to get over that hurdle when we play a team that's as good as us we always lose
0: yeah so so, so for me i'm i'm just to be clear i think he's an international manager i wouldn't want him managing my club side but i think he's he's got the right mentality for international football. I think he does an amazing job at setting the tone. He understands what it's like to go to, you know, these major tournaments and how difficult it is for players to stay, you know, from going crazy, being locked up in a hotel room for for however long it is. So I actually agree that that, that he is, for me, well, for me, he is the best candidate right now, but I believe that he is stereotypical in his tactics, which actually is the issue. I don't mind you being defensive but you need to not have you know if I go back to the world cup uh, when they got knocked out by croatia you and I knew the team that he was going to put out on that pitch and they were going to play four days before the semi final so it gave croatia plenty of time to set traps and, and understand what was going on he doesn't seem to have any ability to 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 create different options within the squad within the team and actually therefore then it gives the other team plenty of time to prepare for that and I think that's his issue for me personally that's that's my issue with him
1: yeah, I, I agree. And you say you could even when we've gone out to France recently, and before that we lost to Italy, didn't we? You knew the team that he was going to pick. Now at, at the Euros, when we lost to Italy in the final, there was a huge clamouring for for Grealish, and I think he came on with three or four minutes left, which is just nonsensical. When you're and at that point, Grealish was the hottest, uh, in, most informed player probably in, in world football at the time for a period of time, and it, he just doesn't seem to be able to get players into the squad when they're in form and Rashford came on, didn't he, against France, was it, for the last 10 minutes? And to me, that's the the biggest problem, is he does have his tried and tested players, which I get that, like, Maguire's one of them. And for England, he's been superb. But I just think it sends horrendous messages out to players who are playing well, um, and that you can't get into a team when it's settled. Like, when he first started, the phrase was, I will pick on form, which he just isn't doing. And I just don't get how some of the players who are playing so well aren't getting into the team. And therefore, I think it does hurt our chances of, of... um, either qualifying or qualifying for the next stage, or winning tournaments like we did against Italy.
0: Well, n- nice segue. As if we're as if we're getting good at this, Fran. So so let's let's start to talk about the squad. So obviously, let's talk about the withdrawals. Nick Pope, Mason Mount, Marcus Rashford all pulling out f- through various injuries, knocks, or or whatever it might be. Do you do you think there? I mean, obviously, Rashford has been on electric form. He's been he's been scoring goals like never before. So I I would say he's a miss, but Mason Mount seems ridiculously out of form for, for Chelsea and and Nick Pope wasn't going to be a starter anyway. So you don't, do you see any of them being a massive loss for us?
1: Yeah. So obviously the the one loss is Rashford, isn't it? Let's be honest. We've mentioned it a few times. I think he's probably on form, the best player in the world right now. Um, uh, Mason Mount, in my opinion, shouldn't even be in the squad. He's not been playing for Chelsea. And when he has played, he's been really, really poor when he has played for England recently he's been really poor as well so I don't think he should even be in the squad. Uh, Nick Pope I don't think we'll miss him but he should be in the squad Um, so yeah I think the only one really you could say is going to harm our chances is Marcus Rashford of the withdrawals. And so you know when we look down the
0: the squad list and again like I say I've created a a alternate 11 from, from players nowhere near the squad and you've done a little bit of a combination of what you think the team should be today, but from a defender's point of view, you know, in reality, it probably picks itself, doesn't it? There's, there's, there's no sort of, you know, I can't see him, for example, uh, not having trips on the right-hand side uh, to start with, you know, I think you're probably going to go with, with John Stones and and Harry Maguire in the middle. Uh, Interestingly, no Luke Shaw in the squad.
1: I think he is in the squad.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry. Couldn't see him. Yeah, yep, absolutely right. So who do you go? Luke, Luke Shaw or Ben Chilwell as the, as, the, as the left back?
1: So for me, I'd have, I'd have, I'd go Luke Shaw. Uh, Chilwell's just coming off an injury, isn't he? Um, but Shaw, Luke Shaw's been so consistent for Man U, even though he has been playing it at centre-half for a few games. I'd go Luke Shaw. John Stones is a given for me. And in that squad, I'd say Harry Maguire. Um, I think there's a conversation to be had about Maguire, whether he should be in the squad because he's not been playing. But of that squad, definitely Harry Maguire. Now, the right-back situation for me is a bit strange. Now, I'd, I'd go for Rhys James over Kieran Trippier. Um, but you have also got Kyle Walker in there, who has been so solid for England and has been solid for Man City as well. Um, but you can't really argue with that. But then you come into another argument about the right-backs. We've you've, you've left out Trent Alexander-Arnold, Ben White. I know you can't pick them all, but there's that argument there, should some of those players be in the squad over others? And,
0: and, and So, actually, interesting. I mean I've, I've just assumed he's going back four but actually that's not necessarily given us so what do you think do you think he'll go back you yeah. know again back five or back three however you want to word it but let's call it back three or do you think he'll go back four
1: I think he I think you should go back four I don't whether we will or not um you know he has liked playing that back three but when you look at the players available for a back three he hasn't really got a huge depth of centre halves there like no, I, I said that, I, I, I can't see him use I can't see him using Gwehi at all to be honest so he has got Eric Dyer in the squad, but he's not really been in favour, has he? So I can see him going with that back four, especially when he has picked three right-backs as well. But he has used Kyle Walker as a centre-back before, hasn't he? And, and, and that's
0: where I was going with it, actually, is that actually, you know, we're looking at this team sheet as saying Kyle Walker's a right-back because you know head he is. But actually for, for England, quite often, he's been the right-sided centre-back. And actually Luke Shaw has actually played as the left-sided centre-back for, for Manchester United when Martinez has been injured. So actually you could have Shaw and Walker flanking John
1: Stones with Chilwell and
0: and, and Reese James as the two wing-backs.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a good thing about a lot of the players we have got. We have got a lot of flexibility, haven't we, with the players? So, you look at that attacking lineup as well, the forwards. They can play on the wing, they can play as strikers. So, we have got a lot of flexibility. And I think that's one of the main criticisms with Southgate is we have just played a rigid structure all the while. And when we have felt that there's been a requirement to change, he hasn't made it. And, and that to me is is one of the problems with Southgate is we don't we don't seem as flexible as what the squad looks.
0: Yeah, positional play is the, is the latest buzz phrase, right? And and ultimately you don't have to be set in a rigid shape of four three three or three five two, but you you need to open, create overloads and triangles all over the pitch. And who does that is is almost uh, irrelevant as long as you've got somebody covering the space. You know when when Arsenal are attacking they're actually in a 2-3-2-3 two, three, two, three shape, which you would never do. But when they're defending, it looks like more like a 4-1-4-1. Four, one, four, one. So again, it's about giving the players the the intelligence to be able to make sort of shapes and see the picture on the, on the pitch. But what, what's interesting for me is that having done the, 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 the depth chart, if you like, of the players that aren't in this squad, where we're not as rich as I thought we were, it was actually in that sort of central midfield, holding midfield role. Now, obviously, we've got yeah, being honest, we probably don't as well about it. for 10 years with Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham, you know, if they're fit, they play, right? I guess. Well, that, that's my I'm not telling you, I'm asking you, but interestingly, beneath them, there's not many holding midfield players coming through, you know, Calvin Phillips is in the squad, but again, he's played, I don't know, maybe two and a half minutes of Premier League football this season. So actually, we're, we're a little bit light in that holding midfield role, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, I think we're actually very fortunate. Rice has been a, a mainstay of that squad now, hasn't he, for a good few years? But Bellingham, there was a lot of clamour for him to come in recently. And and during the World Cup, a lot of people didn't know whether he was going to start. He's now made that position his own. So we are quite fortunate that we've got two young players there who you mentioned like for 10 years could, will be in the squad and holding those positions. But behind that, like you said, we don't have a lot of players coming through who are going to you know, nail that position down. We have players you know, like a Henderson's, even Ward Prowse, who's not in the squad. I think he's 30, 31. So we do have players behind that, but not of an age really to come and challenge in the next few years so we do need those players youngsters coming through
0: yeah well like I say I I, that was the position that I I really struggled with when picking my my alternate 11 which we'll come on to but uh yeah but obviously Jude Bellingham and and uh Declan Rice are both young enough for it not to be an immediate issue and there'll be there'll be players coming through and maybe you know maybe a I know an Oliver Skip if he keeps playing for Spurs, which is unlikely, maybe can start to make a name for himself in there because you know I'm not sure Conor Gallagher. I'm not again. I'm not. I think Conor Gallagher works in a three. I'm not sure he works uh, as a defensive two. Uh, but again, maybe he can develop his game. Obviously, Jordan Henderson's coming to the end of his his international and football career in, in the real world in terms of being that elite level. Uh, the interesting one I'd like us to do a little bit of a chat around is is obviously with Mason Mount not being available. Do you think that gives James Madison? an opportunity to come into that sort of that role and, and, and stamp his authority and make his own because I I would quite like to see out of the squad they've picked, if we're going with a four three three, 3 which is I guess, guess again the different formation what we spoke about but but you know with, with Bellingham and Declan Rice, I'd really like to see James Madison given a chance in the middle there as well as someone that can create you know, if you had Saka and Foden out wide with Harry Kane down the middle, I think that feels to me like a pretty strong team that could create chances from anywhere and, and, and really play some beautiful football as
1: well yeah, so I I would I was you know I'll give you my eleven in, in a little bit, but I was looking at a four three three and James Madison starting, and that was with Rashford in the squad before he pulled out. That I think before that, the one thing that you could have said was Foden can play there as well, so it would have been a toss up between Foden and Madison. And I think historically he's always gone for Foden. With Rashford being out, you can then put Foden out on the left, and Madison can start in that in that hole in the ten roll I do think we miss somebody like a James Madison. So whenever we have played in games, we don't seem to have that creative spark of somebody who gets the ball on the half turn and in between the lines and will link the play. We seem to have Harry Kane dropping in that hole, but then that leaves a huge gap and we don't seem to have players running into that space that Kane's created. So I think putting Madison in the team is almost like completing the 11 and tactically we just allow them so much more flexibility where it allows Bellingham to drift and roam. Rice to sit, whereas previously we are, have been relying on Bellingham to sort of make those runs because he is that person who's having to burst beyond the lines. So I do I do think Madison's got a real opportunity here to, to start and perform and keep that place because you look at the numbers that Mason Mount's been producing compared to Madison, they're absolutely non-comparable. Madison has been, I think bar Harry Kane, the most productive English player in the Premier League and if not English, you know, of, of all the nationalities in the Premier League. So I do think he has earned a start and I do think he actually can really turn this England team into a more creative, you know, attacking, threatened team. So yeah, I, I think yeah. he's got a real opportunity here. Yeah,
0: I, I, I guess the, the, the option, the alternate option is to greedish out on the left phone through the middle. But for me, uh, I'd, I'd really like to see James Madison g- given a chance for England. I think I, I love the way he talks. I love his attitude. Uh, he seems to be like a really grounded young man as well. And actually, like you say, uh, sack, you know, this season, Sackers' numbers are obviously pretty off the charts in terms of goals and assists. But I think over the last couple of years, James Madison, as you say, is, is, is right behind Harry Kane, as, 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 as right up there in terms of goals and assists. And for me, I want to be entertained watching England. I want to see uh, getting as many attacking players on the pitch as we can because with Bellingham and, and Rice behind them, and Declan Rice, you know. Declan Rice is almost like having two players in that position. He's that good. He's almost like having, you know, like in like Golo they used to say it was like playing with 12 against 12. And, and Declan Rice is almost, albeit a slightly different player, but he's almost in that category. He's so good at mopping up danger. And if you, whether you're going with a three or a, or a four behind him, you know, I think that's enough defensive players. I'd, I'd love for us to really go and attack Italy, really go and try and, you know, control the game, play it like it's a Premier League game of football and, and, and almost forget that it's Italy, play it like it's North Macedonia and just go and try and beat them off the park.
1: So what you've just said, I think you probably echo all England fans' opinions there. And that, for me, is the biggest frustration with Southgate is I don't think Madison will start I think Foden will start and he'll play Grealish and Madison will sit on the bench. You probably won't see a minute in this in this uh, international break. And I think that, to me, is the biggest frustration is we've got this huge amount of talent in the squad, but we seem to have this one way of playing. Like, we will pass the ball across the back a lot. It will go into Rice, back into the defenders. And we don't seem to break the lines unless Harry Kane comes in and wants the ball and demands it. And I think that's the frustration with Southgate is, we have these players and we're not actually seeing them on the pitch and therefore being able to dominate teams. So if we look at Italy as an example, they do sit back a lot and allow you to have a lot of the ball. So you do have to break the lines. But if we're not putting a a Madison or Foden, Foden doesn't play in that position very often. He normally plays wide. We need to have that player in the middle who's going to get the ball, collect it and and link the play. And we just haven't seen that enough for England.
0: No, completely agree. You know, even moving on to the the centre-forward role, you know, yes, Harry Kane is... You know, a generational talent. He is clearly the best English centre forward. Uh, You know, phenomenal goal-scoring record for both club and country. You know, will end up being the Premier League's top goal-scorer. Because even if you leave Spurs, my understanding is that he's going to stay in the Premier League, whether it be Man United to sort of go go and beat that record. But he doesn't seem to ever even take him off the pick. You know, what? Like even time he does stuff in the Premier League, you know, Odie Watkins, who's not in the squad... Uh, you know, but he doesn't seem to, we don't seem to ever give the other player a chance. So that if we needed them, if, if this was, you know, a World Cup quarterfinal and Harry Kane's done his ankle, which he's done loads of times in the past, you know, even Tony or Ivan Tony so, has, hasn't had enough football at, at this level to know whether he can do it or not.
1: And, and again, I think it's a huge criticism of Southgate was he took Oli, uh, he didn't take Oli Watkins, Callum Wilson, sorry, he took Callum Wilson to the World Cup and he was in red hot form before that. He's come back from that World Cup and he can't hit a barn door now. And I think it's got a lot to do with how he's been treated with England. We didn't have any minutes leading up to that. And like you said, if Kane got injured, you put in Callum Wilson in and he's never played for England before or, or you know, a, a good amount of minutes. So you're, you're relying on people backing up Harry Kane, but without actually ever being tested. So, you know, we, we look at Ivan Tony he's a great example. Is he good enough for England? Now, you know, his numbers in the Premier League and stuff would suggest that he is. But you're never going to know unless he's played. And again, it's a criticism that's, that's um, around of Southgate is that we do have these players just below the 11 who just don't get a look-in.
0: Yeah, like I say I, I think it would be great to, again, I know that players want to play, but but we, but we have to have, you know, both in terms of shape and personnel, a plan A, a plan B, and then why not let's have a plan C and plan D? You know, and, and actually, because even nothing else, even if it keeps the opposition guessing as to what you're going to be doing, uh, but like I say, if, if if Harry Kane, you know, hopefully obviously for, for England doesn't, but, but if he was out for six to eight weeks or six to eight months, like who is the number two? Who is Who are you going to hang your hat on? Uh, and and hopefully, you know, I really hope that, you know, and again, actually, why, why not even play with the two? Why not even see if if Harry Kane could play alongside over Tony for 15, 20 minutes today and, and go 4-4-2 as, as, a, as a bit of a throwback, as a, as a, another option for us that we just seem to be so set in our... This is our shape and this is what we do and you know, this is who plays, and, and you're gonna come along for the trip, but then you're gonna go home having played no minutes. It seems
1: pointless. Yeah, I agree. And and when you look at the you know, the games that we've got in this Euro qualifying campaign, say I get starting with Harry Kane up front, you play your best eleven, you go and beat Italy, you're qualified. But for the other teams where we're playing North Macedonia, and is it Malta, you could literally turn up with League One players and beat those. So why not let's try something out? A three, five, two, you know, two up front. So we've got the games to be able to test those systems out and give some of the players who aren't recognised as you start in 11 some minutes to see if they work in different systems. So we have the capacity to do that. I mean, I mean, going back a few years, there's been one player who I thought was criminally underused for England and that was Jamie Vardy. There was a period in time where he won the Golden Boot, he was you know, consistently up there as one of the top scorers but just seemed to come along for the ride. So we And we have those players like Vardy who's obviously now retired but the Maddison's coming through. Like Foden, he's left out quite often for England when he's been performing for Man City. We've got to start chucking some of these players in and giving them chances, or else we're just going to keep, you know, it's the definition of madness, isn't it? Doing the same thing, expecting different results. You you have to start changing a few things to try and improve things, or, you know, have a new system for a plan B, a plan C, like you mentioned. So he's got to start doing that, and he's got the run of games to actually do that now in his qualifying campaign, and I expect to see it.
0: So, uh who you got? What's your team? Let's go. So so from the squad with, I think you've, I think you've maybe crowbarred one in that it's not in the squad, but, but so uh, talk us through your 11 for tonight's game against Italy.
1: So I'll give you my 11 of, of what I would have chosen as the full 11 if I had my pick of, you know, anyone who's not in the squad as well. And then I'll tell you what I'd start based on um, the pull-outs as well. So my 11 would be a 4-3-3 with Ramsdale in goal. I'd have Rhys James, John Stones, I'd have had Tomori in the squad and i have also have him starting. He's been superb for AC Milan. And the fact that he can't even get in the squad to me is just mind-boggling. Like he's, I think he's probably one of our best centre-halves. Um, so, I'd have started him. Uh, I'd have Luke Shaw at left-back. And then three in the midfield, I'd have Rice, Bellingham and then one-off Foden or Madison. Um, I'd have probably plumped for, for Madison. And then Rashford, Kane and Saka. Now, Rashford's injured, so I would be chucking Foden out in Rashford's position and putting Madison in and the replacement for Tomorrow, because obviously not in the squad, I'd pick Harry Maguire. So I, I I don't like that Maguire's in the squad because he doesn't play, but he is one of our best centre-offs, so I completely understand why he's there.
0: OK, yeah, I, I think you know, we, we've sort of gone through the squad a little bit. I, I can't disagree with, with with what you've got there massively. I think it's going to be... Uh, interesting that there's some rumours coming through that, that, that Calvin Phillips might be getting a start today. Which, I'm not sure how that works unless you're pushing Jude Bellingham further on. But again, that feels like a very defensive way about it. So for me, like I said to you earlier, like uh, I just want England to go and play like it's a Premier League game. Go and make it. Go and make it tough for, for, for Italy. Go and press high. Go and go and you know attack the spaces. Make it uncomfortable. You know Italians are, are renowned for their defensive strength and their, their, their sort of tactical. Uh, Awareness, But, but let, let's try those half spaces and create, you know, kind of runs and passes that, that for me, James Madison, Phil Foden and, and and Saka with the Harry Kane putting the strings in, in terms of putting the, 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 the... I could see Harry Kane putting the two centre-backs out with Saka bombing one way, Foden coming. I think it could be really interesting. But I think uh, your team is probably about where it'll end up, give or
1: take. Yeah, I, I think there's one interesting shout, which you, you probably not saw there, is I pick Ramsdale as the number one. So there is a clear conversation about who should be England's number one. And to me, Ramsdale is clear as England's number one. Now, Southgate will think differently because he's always trusted Jordan Pickford. And he also, in all fairness to me, he's never let us down as Pickford. He's been superb when playing in the England shirt. But to me, I think Ramsdale has got a bit more about his game. I think he's more commanding, probably instills a bit more confidence. So I'd pick Ramsdale, but I could never argue with somebody who picked Pickford because he has been superb for England.
0: The the reality in today's football is that for me, I agree with you as a a goalkeeper in in the true sense of the word. Ramsdale feels like a better goalkeeper, although Pickford has made some great saves uh, this season. But with his feet, which is such an important part now of modern day football, Pickford is is so much better for me with his feet, and that's why he's going to remain. You know, Nick Pope, I would argue, is maybe a bit better than both of those two as a goalkeeper, possibly. Uh, But with his feet, he's he's nowhere near as good. So I think that's going to keep Pickford in that number one jersey spot for a little bit longer because actually he's so good with his left foot.
1: Yeah, uh, and he's got a ping on him as well, and that he can send a a ping miles. I think Ramsdale's a bit underrated with his feet. I think he's the one who's pushing him the most because he is still pretty decent with his feet. When you're watching for Arsenal, he does spray passes out and he's getting better and better. Um, So yeah, I I definitely think he's the one who's pushing him. So I don't think Pope will ever be the number one because of his because he's not very good with his feet, like you mentioned. But yeah, I think Ramsdale is the one pushing. But I I don't think there's really, you know, if somebody said to you it's Pope or, sorry, um, Pickford or Ramsdale, if somebody's picked one of them, you couldn't really argue. I think they're both about on par, aren't they, really?
0: Yeah. Uh, And and again, it's it's a position of strength because even, uh, you know, beyond that, obviously Fraser Forster somewhat bizarrely called up. But again, Dean Henderson... Uh, as a goalkeeper, you know, so so there's some good young English goalkeepers coming through as well, but, 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 you know, actually there's four or five there that you wouldn't be massively worried about if any of them were number one.
1: No, no, I think it is, you know, from the years gone by where we have struggled for keepers. It's not really a a problem position at the minute, is it? I do think a a problem position for us though, just swinging onto another subject is the striker position. So you look at Harry Kane, he's a generational talent and amazing for England. But apart from that, who have we got coming through? So I and, know and they're not going to be on the same level as Harry Kane, but you do look at an Ivan Tony or an Ollie Watkins. They're not the same level, are they? Not the same level of player. So we probably could do with some development in that area with the youth coming through to try and get the next Harry Kane. You know, we've had a Wayne Rooney before that. Harry Kane's then replaced Rooney. We could do with somebody coming through to replace that striker.
0: Yeah, but, but again, absolutely. And maybe... That leads us nicely on to, to, to my version of this England team because actually, uh, you either have to replace Harry Kane with, with, with a player that may be tricky to do, or with a shape or a system that suits the players, and maybe maybe Marcus Rashford could do it for a period of time until somebody else comes along. But you know, so for me, what I've done is is, is pick some players that 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 could pick a, a very very alternate team, and it, and you'll see the drop off by the way between the two, so it's interesting. But so as a goalkeeper, really, the only one that's not been around the England team for a while is, is Henderson. Uh, Jason Steele has, has kind of come into Brighton and sort of claimed the number one spot recently, but, but I think it's way too easy. So, so Henderson becomes really our only alternate goalkeeper option. Uh, defensively, actually, we're not too bad. You've got Max Kilman, Lewis Dunk. Uh, obviously, you spoke about Alexander Arnold not being uh, selected recently. Uh, ben White, obviously, for whatever reason, whether that's a personal or whether that's a whether that's a player. Obviously, Levi Colville's coming through. Dan Burn, James, Justin at Leicester. Wan-Bissaka, Walker-Peters, Tarkovsky, Godfrey, Ben Mee. You know, th- th- there's, there's a bunch of people there. I'm not saying they are in the same league, but there's a bunch of people there that could create a back four. So I've gone four two three one. by the way. And so, so far, I, I'll come over to you and find out whether you're comfortable with it. But so far, I've gone with Dean Henderson in goal, Trent Arnold, Tamori, Dunk, and Rico Henry as my back four.
1: Yeah, like that. I think Rico Henry's been massively overlooked at the left back position, hasn't he? When um Chilwell has been injured, we've been sticking Trippier over there and I think it's unfair when you've got someone like Rico Henry who's performed the way he has for the past few years at left back. He deserves a bit more praise and recognition. Yeah, I agree with that I like that back four. He's obviously rapid
0: as well, but uh yeah, Jack James Justin was a, was an honorable mention there because if he could just stay fit, I think he's 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 got the potential to become an England player, but he just doesn't seem to get enough minutes in him. So uh, I was comfortable with this. Now the next two are are definitely the controversial ones because if you look at that holding midfield role, uh, if I'm being honest with you, I I, I really struggled with this. Uh, but so I've gone with uh, ironically another Rico. I didn't think I'd have two Ricos in my England team, but Rico Lewis from Man City, who I know he's kind of set in that right back role, but actually when they're out of position or in possession, he's actually playing in in a CDM sort of a role. So I've I've stuck him in there as a little bit of a crowbar with Harrison Reed from Fulham
1: as my, my holding two. Interesting. I um, don't know whether you might have gone for Ward-Prowse in there or not. But no, I, I think that Rico, Rico Henry, that's his name? No, Rico Lewis. Rico Lewis, that's the one. Rico Lewis, too many Ricos. Um, Rico Lewis is an interesting one. He's clearly got a future, hasn't he? It just depends on where he plays. Um, yeah, he, I, I can't see it being long until he's in the England squad because he's getting a lot of minutes from Man City, isn't he? He looks a hell of a player.
0: Yeah, what I was thinking is that, you know, for me, with Rico Henry and and Trent bombing down the wings, actually Rico Lewis could sit back in that fullback position to give Trent a bit bit of licence to go forward, potentially. So I just Mm. thought that was a nice option for us to have someone that's clearly got a a great tactical brain, you know, for Pep to be trusting as young as he is, Uh, but also great on the ball. We need someone to keep the ball moving. Uh, Again, obviously it's a difficult one because Jude Bellingham and Declan Rice are going to be doing that for the next 10 years. I didn't put War Prowse in because he's been in and around the England team already. So again, mm-hmm. these, these are people, and I suppose you could argue Rich sos Trent, but not in a very long while. But so for me, uh, I went with Rico and Harrison. Now, now the three behind the front man I've gone with, and, and this is actually an area where you, you know, you could throw in a Jaden Sancho and Anthony Gordon, nonnie Madoweki at, at Chelsea, uh, you know, Reece Nelson's doing some bits and pieces at Arsenal. Emil Smith Rowe, Solly March, but I've actually gone with a with a three of Jack Harrison,
1: Harvey Barnes, and Morgan Gibbs White. I think Morgan Gibbs White is is a serious player. Um, he, you know, he's been for a period of time at the Forest. He was running the show, wasn't he, for a, good, a few weeks? I think again, with better players around him, he could be a really, really good player that the top teams pick up.
0: And obviously you're a fan of Harvey Barnes. So Jack Harrison as as a wide man over maybe like a Noni Madawaki or a, you know Dwight McNeil's doing some bits and pieces. Damari Gray, you, you're comfortable with with Jack Harrison in there?
1: Yes, I mean Jack Harrison. I I would personally wouldn't have him in a, in and around the England team. I think somebody um, who I'd have had before it might have been Solly March. The way he's been playing, Solly March could probably be a shout to to sneak into the England's England team. I like Jack Harrison as a player he just probably just needs to up his output numbers doesn't he like um, we mentioned Harvey Barnes on previous pods he's, he has those numbers and, and he's somebody who could probably push England squad Whereas if Harrison could just up a few of those goals and assists he would be in with a sharp but I like Harrison yeah I like him as a player
0: and so obviously I've you know we, we just touched on the the potential issue that England have obviously uh Evan Tony uh, Marcus Rashford Ollie Watkins were all kind of removed from my options based on kind of rules i set myself, to be honest with you. Uh, and so I, I kind of narrowed the list down to, and I can't believe I'm saying some of these names, but but Danny Welbeck, Patrick Bamford, Danny Ings, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Eddie Nketiah, and Florian Balogun, uh, who's the wild card for me. I think he's doing an amazing job out in France, uh, oh, scoring a, a barrel load of goals. And so I think he could be somebody that might be that person that replaces him. But I've gone with... Uh, based off the season he's had, I've gone with Eddie and Kettier as my as my centre-forward.
1: Yeah, so the first three of those names, I've been straight away. Um, I don't think they're good enough for England um, and I don't think ever will be. Whereas the two last two that you mentioned, Eddie and Nketiah, and I was going to mention Balogun, I think he is a wild-card sharp, and he's young, isn't he? He's coming through. So those sort of players, you can put in a squad and they do have the potential. Whereas you look at a well he's finished, isn't he? He's got the age... and he's, he's still been doing relatively well for Brighton, but um, yeah, I, I think those last two, I think they're good shouts, they're the, they're the sorts of players that we should be pushing through to try and take Harry Kane's place
0: And so yeah, like I say you know, the, the other one that I think this definitely deserves a bit of a, a, an honourable mention is Eze from Crystal Palace I think I love the way he plays football you know, both in terms of with his feet and his face he's always got a smile on his face, he seems to just thoroughly enjoy the game and he's a lovely football player with, with, with some great skill and talent and actually, you know Gibbs White just edged him because I feel that he is possibly more of a goal threat. But Eze is a player that, you know, again, talking about those players that could be on the move if, if their club doesn't do what we think they can do. He's definitely good enough to be playing at a
1: higher level than Crystal Palace. Yeah, I think you've missed a clear and obvious one. Somebody who was born in Leeds as the striker. I can't believe you not picked Erling Haaland.
0: <laughs> well, you tell me he'd been recalled from international duty from Norway, so I figured that ruled him out.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been recalled from Norway and Southgate called him up. Yeah. So, no, that's, on a serious note, that's a bit of a shame, isn't it? He was never going to pick England, but was born in England. So you look at it and you think, oh, if only, but yeah, he was never going to pick England, was he? What
0: well, What I love about how, how what an understatement, it's a bit of a shame. Yeah, I'd say I, I, I it's probably a bit more than a bit of a shame, Fran. I think that's an absolute devastation. I mean, yeah, absolutely. The, the idea of having uh, Harland and Kane uh, and again, you know, you talk about who replaces Kane, will, will Haaland, 21, 22, whatever he is, you know, absolutely would do that job and some. So yeah, it is a bit of a shame. Yeah, I agree. But uh, unfortunately, he was disqualified as being a current Norway international from my list. Uh, okay, so obviously we're looking forward to, to, to the fixtures. Obviously, we uh, we will touch back on some of these uh, at the start of next week's show, just as a sense of, you know, feeding back on how England have done over the two games. Hopefully six points in the bag and, and, and no injuries. But yeah, uh, Fran, as always, it's been a real pleasure, a real joy uh, going through football with you. Uh, I look forward to speaking to you next week. Just before we go though, Fran, uh, remind people how they can hear us and
1: how they can get in contact with us. Yeah, so you can hear us on Spotify. Um, If you just search for The Atmosphere is Electric on Spotify, you'll see the the channel on there and all the previous pods that we've done, listen to them on all of them. There's the ability to send us a voice note. You can send us messages with any feedback, any questions. So on one of the last pods, we had somebody ask us a question about Harlem, which we spoke about. So yeah, any feedback or anything that you want to send to us, uh, please feel free. We welcome that. Um, And then from a social point of view, if you are on Twitter, you search for the Twitter profile, the atmosphere is electric. Again, you can send us a tweet or a direct message with any feedback or any questions you want to ask us and we'll get them into the next pod.
0: Amazing. As always, Fran, thank you very much for your expert analysis. I've really enjoyed that today. Uh, I'm now actually looking forward to the International Break more than I So thank you very much, and I look forward to speaking to you next week.